It's my mother. Um, her name is Zilla. She gets some food for me, then I eat it, then I poop it out in a party. I don't know. Actually, my mom do um, make me food, and actually my mom got her with me, and I sleep with her every time, actually, and I eat, and actually I go eat some well with my mom and dad. Um, your mom is, um... A person who God made, and her mom, your mom, protects you from cars and bikes. Um, a mom is somebody who cares for you and who loves you, and if you need something, you can talk to her about anything. I don't know. She, um, she was in my classroom and she gave me snacks. What did you do? She make up, replace me, and watch movies with me. Cartwheels and backflips. Um, she looks every time she works. Every day. Well, not every day. They cook dinner for us. And tell dads to not do that. Um, yeah, see? Go to school. They can drive you. They can drive you to a friend's house. Um, sometimes they do chores around the house, and they sometimes comfort you when you are feeling bad and um, and when you're shy. Like, and it's just like they're really nice. Uh, they go and buy you clothes and food and stuff like that to kind of help you. What does she say? Does she always tell you something? Yeah. What does she say? Plan. She tells you to go play? Yeah. Go. Um, Zoe, Zach, clean your bedroom. Clean your bedroom. I'm sleeping, I'm quiet, and my mommy says, go to sleep, go to sleep, and I'm crying. Sometimes she said, Matthew, come, come on. And then I said, I'm coming. First I put my shoes on and then, and then my mom said, come on. And then I said, then come in. Clean my room. I don't know. what. That's only the stuff she does to me. I don't know. You are very smart. Um, that she loves me and that I do really good at things and things like that.
Because we'll take everything out of our bedroom. Why do you love your mom, Zach? Because um, she helps us clean our room. She's pretty. Because I want you. Because she kisses me. Because she's my best mom. She can stay positive and she I like how she is a worshiper and she likes to pray with people and she's um, she likes to do things for other people. She adopted me. Um, she had to fly on a plane for 17 hours just to come and get me. And then she had to, we had to come back. And I thought that was really special. Love you. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. 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 Happy Mother's Day, Jennifer. Well, today, what an awesome, awesome hearing from our kids. And today, we have, you know, at Destiny, we like to mix it up, and we're going to mix it up today a little bit different. Uh, many of you know that at the marriage retreat this year, we had the theme, This Is Us. And we want to carry that over uh, throughout the rest of this year. At different times, you're going to be hearing from our staff and from, uh, just, just opening up our lives to you. We want to share from our heart. And that you, that you have a more understanding of who we are. One of the things that the Bible says that in a multitude of counselors, there can be found wisdom. And so today we've gotten our ladies. Can you give our, our staff ladies, all of our ladies of our staff, a big hand? We welcome you today, ladies, ladies, ladies. I get to be Oprah today. So turn to your neighbor and say, you get a car and you get a car. No, that's not going to happen. But what we are going to do, we're going to ask some questions. I'm going to let them discuss and open up from their heart. So, ladies, the first question I have for you today simply is this. In your mind, what would you say is a win for you when it comes to being a mother? Because some days you feel like you don't even get small wins or whatever. What would you think is a win in your mind when it comes to being a mom? Getting lunch done. Having all the kids in the van when we're leaving. With clothes and shoes. Yes, yes, and, and underwear. Yes, and underwear. underwear's always a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bonus sometimes. I mean, isn't it something that, you know, that sometimes you feel like, you know, you never have days when you're winning? You ever have those days? Yeah. So it's sometimes we have to identify just getting the lunches done having some matching socks ready to go, whether they go to school, whatever. Those are wins for mom. But all right, so talking about parenting, how do you how do you separate or even diverse when it comes to when you're parenting boys versus parenting girls? Because, you know, win for a boy is different from a win from a girl, and the whole thing coming together. Give us some ideas, you, especially those who have uh, both boys and girls in your home. Tell us what you compare as success. Boys are easy. Boys are easy. <laughs> Girls are drama. Girls are drama. <laughs> Girls thought about what to wear. True. Boys don't care if their socks are clean or their clothes are clean. Just throw it against the wall. If it doesn't stick, it's clean, right? Okay, right. There we go. Yeah. Well, I actually seem to think that girls may be a little bit easier because we have those common interests. 
Um, I'm finding it to be a little bit challenging because I'm trying to learn how to um, enjoy the things that my son enjoys to do or that his interests. So um, I'm still learning with that one. So. I, I do think it's easier to relate for, for our girls to relate to us because we're women. Um, and which I think is so important that we um, model what we want for them as we're parenting them and um, they're watching us as we interact with our own friends um, at, our, at our job or wherever it is. So I think it's important that we model those things for our girls because they're paying really close attention to that. Boys, girls talk more than boys, so it's, it's a little easier communication-wise at first, you know, to, because girls just naturally talk more. So you kind of have to be creative in how you talk and communicate with boys. You, you don't always, you know, like after school, how was school? Fine. What'd you do? Nothing. Do I have to go back again? Usually is the question I got back. You know, that was it. <laughs> so you kind of have to let them kind of simmer for a while, those questions. And then later in the evening, they would say, oh, Mom, I did forget to tell you we did so-and-so. And, you know, it takes a little longer for those girls automatically give you the grocery list of what happened. <laughs> how, how about this? Do you ever find that maybe as a daughter, she's really close to you growing up, and then all of a sudden teenage years hit? and she does 180, maybe it's closer to dad. Has that ever happened to any of you? Or you see roles reversing? Because sometimes kids tend to bond with one set of parent, and then as they become go through adolescence, they switch that totally around. Has that ever happened to any of you guys? Not, not complete, not just a, a total switch, but just in certain some certain areas. Um, I know when Ellie took her driver's test, um, <laughs> she was with me. I was taking her. Actually, I had to surprise her. She didn't feel she was prepared. So I had to surprise her and say, today's the day. We're doing this today. And so we get in the parking lot. And she said, wait, I've got to talk to Dad. I'm like, oh, I'm right here, you know. <laughs> but, so she had to call Dad and get, get some last-minute tips on that. So. In our household, it's completely reversed. Um, they're mama's girls and mama's boys until they get a certain age, and then it does flip. Um, when our girls got their ears pierced, daddy took them. So they wanted daddy to be with them. So um, I think every family's different. I think it's very true. And sometimes, you know, we, we go through seasons of life and know, what I can tell you this, that if you're a lady here, mom, and then you have a teenage daughter and you're butting heads, that's, is, that, that's, is that a normal thing? Mm. Okay. Don't, don't feel guilty about that. Cause, <laughs> that's a stagey. Because what, what's happening through our teenage years and with guys, I think it happens when they hit about 16. The guys and the, uh, the, the fathers and sons begin to do this because what's happening is a natural tendency that we're teaching our kids to leave home. If this is not happening, then your kids are going to be around a long time. And so it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that this is happening. It's not on. Okay, we'll use this here. I think uh, something that's important to me um, for teaching my daughter um, is kindness. Um, I really, like, in mothering her, want to teach her how to be kind because um, just like naturally in the world, um, women, for whatever reason, it are, it's just there's a little bit of that um, natural conniving within us. So I really want to teach her how to be kind. I also really want to teach her um, how to be confident. Um, that's something I really want for her. Um, and then, like, for j just children in general, I really want to mother in a way, and I don't know exactly what this looks like, I just only gotten started, but in a way that leads them to not only respect me, but to honor me um, in a deeper way 
um, so that um, even when I'm not with them or with her, that um, she has an intrinsic motivation to to do the right thing and to make the right choices. With our, our son, we are um, intentionally trying to teach, instill in him those manners, those things that um, holding a, opening a door for yeah, a lady. Yes, that, that chivalry, the things that... Um, in our culture don't necessarily happen naturally that you have to intentionally teach because we want him to be that um, that young man who honors um, women. And in turn, uh, then he's teaching his sister what that looks like because, oh, sissy, let me open the door for you. Let me hold the door. You go first. So things like that. Right. Isn't that so good? I think you guys really touched on something that's really big in today's culture that's so important for any parent today to understand is that we've got to instill confidence in our children because – we, we know when, our, when we were growing up how hard it was, but now it's even, you know, 20 times harder because of all the social media pressure, cyberbullying going on. It's that, you know, they're, they're getting all this negative body image, negative confidence things, hitting their confidence. So how, do, this is the question, how do we build confidence in women and, and men and our young women and young men? How do we build confidence? But also, how do we do it in a way that doesn't bring entitlement? I think that's a key, you know. I see some parents overdo it, and, parents, and kids walk around with entitlement. But how do we raise confidence without yet teaching them a spirit of entitlement? Um, I think that one thing that I really want to work on um, with myself as a mother is um, getting to know what the Word says about just us in general, about God's children in general. Um, because that is what the Word says about my daughter, and I need to know that if I, in order to tell her. I mean, it's really important that I um, continually remind her of that because that's where true confidence comes from, um, is from the Lord. Um, second thing I would say, just practically speaking, something um, that I use and that I would want for my daughter to use also is um, to ask herself, is it true? Um, so every time that she has a thought that comes in that's trying to knock down her confidence or question who she is, um, I want to teach her to constantly be in a state of reflection that says, is this true? Because nine times out of ten, it's a lie. Um, the world's going to give her lies. Her head's going to give her lies. Social media's going to give her lies. And I want her to be able to be strong enough and have the tool to be able to say, stop, pause, is this true? No, it's trash. Throw it out. I think it's, it's we model it for them. Um, as we're talking, the way that we're interacting with our, ourself, um, Avery and I went shopping yesterday, and I, and I found myself hold it and holding back and not and and when you're oh i'm not sure i'm going to get that um and trying to, re- to remember to think out loud those things that i want her I want to still in her um to think about herself so modeling that that especially while we're, we're speaking to our uh, speaking to them i know a lot of times um i i don't remember saying this a lot to the kids but you have to work for what you have And I know a lot of times our kids, you know, sometimes you just buy them things. There has to be a good balance. You buy them something just because. And then there's other times where you have to work for for things you want. And I know a lot of times my kids, before they were old enough to be gainfully employed outside of the home, would say, is there some jobs I can do to to earn money for this thing? What about advice? What would some of you ladies give me some advice? Lisa, I want you to start off, the, off this answering this question. What is some advice you would give? Because you and I know you and Brian do this a lot with, with your kids. When it comes to, you know, how, what, what role do you think that the father really plays in building the confidence of young women? Sure. Yeah. Um, from a young age, it's so important for your, your, um, for a dad to step in and 
um, really pour into their daughter, spend time with them, let them know you love them, let them know what expectations you have, see, let them see that in you, so that as they leave your home, as they start looking for spouses and those kinds of things, they see what a what the bar, what a kind of bar your, their dad has set for them in looking for those things. I, I want to add something to that. Um, I, I was raised in a home with both my dad and my mom, but I realized like, that there's probably a lot of you that are thinking, well, what if my daughter doesn't have that, that privilege to have a dad that's um, speaking into her? And I know that my mom was raised in a divorced home, and I know that she taught me and could speak to the importance of um, how it was important that her mom never spoke negatively about her father because she was half her dad. And so anything negative that would have been said about her dad, in, in a sense, was 50% her. Um, and so even if you feel like, oh, I don't have maybe, I'm, I'm just discouraged because my daughter doesn't maybe have that privilege of that father figure, um, what you can do is um, speak only good things so that that 50% that your daughter is of him is something she feels proud of. I know I've always tried to encourage Tom, and we've had conversations to, uh, I've always wanted him to buy her her first ring, her first set of earrings, her first, you know, date was with Tom. Um, take her out to a nice date, a nice meal, a nice movie. Um, I didn't ever want her head to be turned by just some guy that could just, hey, I've got a nice ring, I, I can throw a little bit of money at you, and that be enticing to her. Um, and so she's always um, had pretty high standards. That's good. Well, Trish, let me ask you this to start this question off. When it comes to giving advice, because we know everybody's got an opinion, right? Everybody's got an opinion. How many know before you had kids, you thought you knew what you were doing, right? I mean, the best people to give advice is people before they had kids. And I think uh, as new moms and as moms, you, you get advice from all kinds of people, but... Sometimes when people give advice, we see where they share it with you, thinking they're helping you, but instead you walk away feeling like, you know, uh, man, I feel like a rotten mom now. They've shamed me into I'm not doing things the right way. I'm not going by the manual. This book said that by the age of 18 months, they should be doing this, and I'm not, they're not doing this. And so I'm failing as a mom, and, you know, I'm lucky to, to have a lunch, you know, with anything. <laughs> There's a bottle of water and some bread and peanut butter, you know, sometimes you feel that way. So you just feel like you get shamed. So what advice would you give people as they're speaking to other moms about how, how to speak into their lives without shaming them? Well, um, first of all, you have to think about if the words that you're saying, are they encouraging to the mom or the person that you're speaking to? Um, also, the person that's receiving it, be open to receive the word. Don't always be on defense to already, your, your ears are closed, you already know that they're coming to attack you, and it's, it's not the case. They're trying to show love. But most of the time, if a person wants to give advice, it's going to be someone that you're close with, hopefully, and someone that really loves you and cares about you. So you are more, you're probably more likely to listen to them. But just because that person so loves and cares about you does not mean you have to follow every advice to the letter. You, um, you can keep what you need and toss what you don't need. <laughs> I think it's important that um, we have mentors in our life 
as Courtney was speaking um, a while ago, she was talking about that some of us may not have a mom and a dad, and some of us may not even have our moms, um, that especially as a spiritual leader in the home, uh, or even as a Christian. And um, I encourage um, all women to make sure that they find a woman in the church, um, a, a mother figure, or a, some kind of mentor that may be even the same age as you are. Uh, but mentorship is so important. Um, to have somebody that you can go to that gives you spiritual advice, um, gives you spiritual wisdom, uh, will pray with you, and um, just that one that will love on you when you probably don't feel like that you're loved very much. Um, but that mentor is just a, a very important part of being a mom and being a young woman and being a, a, a lady of God. <clears throat> so when do you speak? When do you know it's the right time to speak until someone's life. So if you have a friend that you know is probably needing some help, needing some advice, how would you suggest them giving that to them without actually shaming that person? Anybody else? I think it's a safe bet to always wait uh, to give advice when advice is asked for. Um, it's something I've had to learn the hard way many, many times. Um, by giving unwanted advice um, when or misunderstanding somebody's venting for a want for advice. Um, so even just before crossing that line, maybe even just asking and saying, like, would you, if you're interested at all, like in hearing anything I've tried, successes I've had, um, just let me know. Shoot me a message. Text me something instead of just, well, girl, let me tell you, my this worked for me. And then they're feeling like, wow, okay, so I'm, I'm totally alone in this. So um, I'm having to really learn how to just uh, wait, honestly, just wait. All right. Go ahead. You were, and you were um, alluding to it earlier about um, the Holy Spirit and how um, there's like that guiding, that um, leading of, oh, I, I can say something here. And I feel like if we do listen um, to the Holy Spirit and, and know, um, speak when, when he gives us leading to speak, then... Um, the timing will be right, and sometimes it's all about timing uh, when you're giving that advice and, and doing it from the heart. I think that's important that, you know, we really touched on something that's really important here for all moms, everyone in this room to hear, is that I see a, a common mistake I see all the time is I see Christian uh, women and men who get on social media and they're having a bad day, whether it be about parenting or about their relationship with their significant other, and they put it out there, and they're frustrated, and so they just put it all out there on social media and then ask for advice. And they, you know who always is the people who respond? The people who have no business responding are the ones who want to speak up and tell you how to run your life. And this is my advice to you. You know, it, you need mentors and you need advice, but don't just get that from anybody. You know, if you're a Christian and you're, you're setting your mind on the things above and you're trying to grow as a Christian woman or, or man, you know, go to other people who, who you know are, are solid Christians who are striving for the same thing and say, hey, help me. Help me be a better, a better mom. Help me be a, a better wife. Help me be a, a better person who's looking while I'm single. You know, help me. Help me. What can I do? And ask people you know in your spirit have, have godly desires in their heart to fulfill the will of God in their life. Don't just put it out there and let everybody speak to your life. Oh, girl, you just need to come hang out with us at the club and have a few drinks and do this and that. You just need to unwind. You're too stressed, you know. And, no, that's just going to cause more drama and more problems in your life. But we need mentors. And at Destiny, this is why I love our women's ministry is we, we want to be a church of mentors. 
We want to be a place where you can connect with people who can speak openly into your life as you need it, and we can share each other's burdens. Now, we're talking about guilt. So let me ask you this. When it comes to guilt, how do you deal with mom guilt? Because we know today that the uh, majority of all women are working at least part-time out of the house, and many are working full-time, and then, you know, you, you, you come home and you're struggling with the thing, I need to be spending time with my children. Am I giving them all the quality time I need? They need, you know, I'm having to work as well. And then you, there's probably an association with mom guilt. Anybody out there ever had mom guilt? Thank you, Nick. Anybody else had mom guilt? Okay. Yeah, it's a common thing. Ladies, how do we, how do we, how do we deal with mom guilt? What's it look like for you? Everybody in the family has to work now, um, and everybody has to give 100%. And mom can't do everything, even though society tells us that mom should do it all, wear all these hats, but mom cannot do it all. And so I think there's just a balance um, in knowing what we can do and what we can't do, um, and dad taking up part of that and doing what he can do, vice versa. Um, I just feel like that there needs to be a balance in life. Um, and I don't think you should feel guilty about anything. Um, I think that we have our kids for just a very short time in their lives. Um, and there's times in our life that we can, we, we sacrifice many things to be with our kids. Um, and that in being sacrificially to them, I feel like that God will bless you. Um, and God will protect you and God will honor you because you are taking the time to spend some time with your children. But I also realize that there's just things in life that are just life speaking as everybody has to work. So it's just balancing things out. Um, don't feel guilty about getting your nails done. Don't feel guilty about getting your toes done or getting your hair done. Um, you're, you're okay then. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> we got that one covered. I can guarantee you that. Okay. <laughs> with the knowledge of um, it's, it, it can't be all on us. I mean, you know, the, the traditional roles of mom cooks, mom cleans, mom, you know, does the traditional female roles. Um, it, it takes more than that. It takes every, everybody's help. It takes your friend's help, the husband help, the kids have to chip in, you know, the, the church help. You know, I mean, it, it, I mean, there's been times that I've called, where are you at? I need a kid picked up. I mean, you know, sometimes that happens. It's just, it can't just be all on you. I could speak from um, a perspective of being a stay-at-home mom and a working mom. Um, on both ends of those spectrums, you do have some areas, some great areas of like when fail. Um, but I can say the time, I'm a working mom now, so the time that I do have with my kids, I don't have to wait till just the summertime to do those fun things. We could do things on the weekend and and they um, they begin to enjoy that. You know, um, I'm a school teacher, so when we have snow days, they're like, yes, and we're excited. Whereas, you know, sometimes you might hear parents like, oh my gosh, the school is closed. What are we gonna do? And I'm like, yeah, I get to spend time with my kids. And so there, like everyone said, there has to be a balance there in your household. Um, I tend to want to be. Uh, superwoman sometimes and then when I realize I can't do everything I get frustrated and that's why I have to take a break and and then my sweet husband he steps in and he's like okay go sit down I got this you know so again there has to be a balance and um, just know that you are although you know God is your strength 
He also gives you common sense to rest, have a Sabbath on a Wednesday or a Tuesday or whatever. Just take some time and rest and collect yourself. Yes. Uh, I think you need to find your source of guilt, too. Um, like a lot of guilt, in my opinion, the root of it comes from comparison. So I know that um, social media can be a source um, of guilt. Um, and so really be reflective and think, like, am I feeling shameful? Am I feeling guilty, which is not of God in any way, shape, or form? Then I need to figure out where is this coming from, and I may need to cut some ties. Um, so if it's coming from Facebook, because when I scroll through, I see all the wonderful things and all the beautiful highlights, and I can't, I can't like, process that out without feeling guilty, then I maybe need to fast some Facebook for a while. Um, same with if it's just in your own head and it's just fighting against yourself, set some realistic goals for yourself, um, and then you can be um, feeling successful in reaching those attainable things, but be realistic um, with yourself. Um, there's plenty of days that I literally get nothing done but feed my child and give her a nap. And um, I, I have to be okay with that. I have to just be okay with that. Basic needs are okay to just be meeting. It's okay. Right. I think, uh, you know, one of the things you're talking about here is sometimes when you have those days. So how, how do you balance? Because I think the word is coming up quite a bit. How do you balance? What advice would you give to people who are giving out? You know, they're working and they're mothering and they're trying to be a wife and it's just balanced. How do you, how do you make time for yourself? Spiritually, personally, how do you make time for yourself to connect and to make sure that you're you're feeling your tank up? Something that helps my family create that balance is structuring a routine so that we identify roles for myself and for Brian, and and so that we make sure that all of those things get done throughout the day, so that at the end of the night, when we're doing bedtime with our kids. We get to share with them things that were important in their day, and we get to pray with them um, and, you know, just talk about anything that they need from us. And it, I think all three of our kids would recognize that that's just a time that they all kind of cherish because they really get us one-on-one. And defining roles kind of helps us make that happen. I agree. We kind of have the same um, bedtime routine where um, Joe and I get to spend one-on-one time with each child in their room with them. Um, doing the best of your day, worst of your day, and then what are you looking forward to the next day. Um, and then once that's done, you kind of, on, on our best day, that happens perfectly. <laughs> Just a heads up. Um, but then after that, once our kids go to bed, then I, get, I really take my quiet time. I need my five minutes to kind of decompress on the day and, and, and really think through things. Um, and in that quiet time, I feel like God can speak to me um, and I can have some real reflection time. So that's my, it's a win if, if the kid's get in bed and we've got that, that one-on-one time. And then also I get my time. So I'm just going to be real honest, can I? No. no. <laughs> at this No, at, no. Well, this is true. Trisha said the bathroom. You know, you never get a break when you go to the bathroom, even when you're a mom. No. But now that my kids are all older, you know, um, there's just times I want to just say, go to bed, <laughs> so I can have quiet time. And I'm, I'm, do I, kids, do I do that? She does that to me sometimes. <laughs> For other reasons. So I'm just, I, I'm all, oh. 
<laughs> My son's about to throw up in the back, running lights. Maybe I should rephrase. Sometimes my quiet time does not happen in my comfy chair in my room. It happens in my walk-in closet with the door shut. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the walk-in closet, just away. So. I'm just saying sometimes when you want them to go to bed, you just want them to go to bed so you can just have some quiet time. Mm-hmm. I'm just being real well, with the, you. The, the, the truth of the matter is this. If you don't take time, ladies, listen to me, especially if you don't take time to Fill your tank up. Fill your tank up. You're going to run out of fuel, and you're going to burn out, and you're not going to have anything left to give. And so that's why it's important. You may not always be running on full. Okay, sometimes you're running on fumes, but you got to make sure there's something in the tank. And so whether that's on your way home from work that you do what it needs to do in your car, spending time in worship or uh, praying or just clearing your mind and say, "All right, God, fill me up here the next ten minutes before I get home," because I got to walk in the door. I got to have something to give my kids. I gotta be ready to give, you know, something to my to my husband, and, I, and same thing for guys. We do the same thing. We gotta fill your, your tank up, you know, and you gotta recognize what that is because you cannot lead on empty. I can't lead on empty. You can't lead on empty. No one can lead on empty very long, and you're gonna run out. You're gonna crash. You're gonna burn. So it's important we do that. Let me ask you another word here. We didn't talk about this in the first one service, but I think it's important. Anybody here? I'll just ask you to raise your hand. Any ladies here ever suffer with postpartum? Raise your hand. Wow. See, some, the reason I ask that is because I think it's, a, it's something we don't talk about very often openly in public. And sometimes I think, well, as ladies have babies, they're thinking, you know, it's a shameful thing. You know, I'm the only bad mom here. I'm rejecting my baby. I'm not having the feelings I need to have there. And it can, I, I do this because I know I've done a lot of counseling with all these women on stage. And other women <laughs> out here in the audience, it's something, it's a very common thing. It's a very common thing, and um, maybe just real quickly, maybe share an experience because I think that's, that's important. We don't talk about it enough that that's a common thing, and how do, you, how do you get through that? I guess first being able to recognize yes. that you're mm-hmm. actually going through depression. I remember um, having Kayla, and I was fine in the hospital until the car seat got in the car, and I was like, there's a baby in it. What am I going to do with it? And I got her home, and I didn't touch her. I was like... I might break her. What if I fail? I was already thinking about the things that I wasn't going to be good enough with her. And so um, even then, I still didn't recognize that, okay, I have a little bit of depression. And, you know, it's it's a blessing to have a health mate. Um, Justin began to recognize. He says, okay, you're not my Trisha. What's going on? And he began to you know, encourage me, continue to encourage me and, and do some, help me to do some things. Cause I got to the point where, you know, you see the glamorous, you no, know, it was just like spit up, mm-hmm. you know, if I showered, yes. And so I was glad that he recognized that I wasn't myself and began to seek help for me. And then even with the other kids, because I knew I had dealt with it the first time for roughly about three months. I began to pray each time I had a child, and I am blessed to say that each time it was shorter and shorter. And this last baby that I had, I had none. Awesome. Mine so. caught me off guard because with, my, with, our, with our first one, we brought Avery home, and it was just great. And, I mean, um, Joe had a lot more time off of that with our first one. And then our second one came, um, and we had 24 inches of snow. It's in the middle of January. There's not a lot of natural light out. And I could not figure out what was going on because I don't even, Lord, I know I have two hands, but this does not seem like nearly enough. Can you give me some more um, to deal with two children? Um, And so I also, I had a, um, 
a helpmate who um, the best thing he could do at the end of those moments was be patient um, and let me work through it and then just pray for me on those moments when really, man, God, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Can I really do this? You give me two. Can I do it? And I don't even have four or five. I'm just <laughs> Well, mine happened um, after we had, after the twin when the twins came. We still have that right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hallie. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. When the twins came, I had a two-year-old, barely two-year-old, a four-year-old, and an eight-year-old, and then two babies come along, and I was overwhelmed. And um, then I had a special needs child. Well, not special needs, but he had some deformities and so I had I struggled with that what did I do wrong what you know all of these things in my mind was happening and um, I had a helpmate that was Pastor Gene was wonderful one more time I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he was wonderful but he wasn't just good in being a father and he's he's an all of you that know him he's a great father but um, he prayed over us and he began to anoint our house with oil, and he would just say, you know, we are not going to have the spirit of fear. We're not going to live in fear. He would speak scriptures over our home, over our kids. Um, we were both, we were both with five kids, and we we were we were struggling. But I was struggling in my mind of how do I do this as a mom with all of these kids. Um, I remember the time that. Um, when I had the twins, it was that time that that lady, I don't even know where it was at, but Texas. she had, in Texas, she had drowned all of her kids. And um, I was having a real struggle um, one day, and my Pastor Gene said to me, he said, now, I'm not going to come home and you've drowned all of our kids. <laughs> and I said, no, uh, but you take Landon <laughs> with you. <laughs> so... And any of you that know Landon, he went all the time. He was gone all, out of the house all the time at the time he was two. So now Landon thinks he doesn't need to stay home ever. He doesn't need to ever be home. Um, but I, I say all of that to say there are just sometimes we cannot even recognize that we are in this period of our life. And there probably are some single moms out here that are going through this and you don't even realize that you're going through it. Um, so I really caution you and, and encourage you. Speak to, find someone to talk to that will encourage you and help you. And even if you know someone that's going through this, take them a meal or call them up and say, can I come over and help you? Hold your baby. You know, let them rest or let them go out and do something. Because it is important that you stay connected when you're going through a struggle of postpartum. And again, I would say back to it takes more than just yeah. just you and the, the husband. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I would say to new mamas, as soon as you recognize something's not just right, reach out you know, to someone and say, why, I don't understand, I'm feeling kind of, you know, why do I feel down? I just had this beautiful baby and I have this great life and I have a great husband, but why do I feel so down? Um, luckily, you know, my mom came and helped me and I had a best friend that I could call all the time and be like, why do I feel like this? And, um, I, and I had a great husband that would pray for me and be like, he's like, I don't know what's going on, but we probably should be praying. So um, I, I agree with that, with the reaching out to other people. I think the enemy can get you feeling um, shame for that. Like you shouldn't have, those are 
it is not a natural emotion or something. It, it's definitely shame. And I feel like when you reach out beyond that, um, you're, you reach beyond that shame and, 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 and find someone and, and get connected with somebody else. Um, that's where you can finally find some hope or some, um, like the mentors you were talking about earlier. That's where those, those mentors in your life can really um, help you pull, the, pull through those, those seasons. I think you can set a timeline, too. Um, if this is not, like, if, if this is not better by this date, we're going to go see a doctor as well. Um, nobody's necessarily mentioned that, and I feel like there's probably people out there like, everyone's like, I should just have a mentor. Yes, but also, like, it's okay to go to the doctor. Um, we set a timeline for me. It, mine was incredibly severe. Anybody that saw me after Gia was worried that I was dying. So it was pretty dramatic. Um, so we set a timeline, and literally, like, the, the Lord broke it in me. It was Mother's Day last year, um, so it's been a year. Um, but he broke that in me like right before I was about to go see the doctor and that may not be your story and that's okay, but it might be too. Um, but I was open and I was willing, um, because I needed to be okay for my family. I needed to get better. Um, and I can tell you, you're not crazy at all. Um, I love my daughter more than I could even explain to you, but I was not in love with her until depression broke. Mm -hmm. And I can sit here and that's not shameful for me to share with you and I want people to know that it's okay to know I know I'm supposed to love this thing but I like can't even I cannot fall in love yet I cannot and so it will get better it's a season um and it will pass um and in the meantime you're not crazy and it's okay that you feel like you're being blocked from things that everyone tells you oh what a beautiful baby and you're like Ah, whatever. Oh, what a blessing. No, it's not. <laughs> You're not crazy. <laughs> As we say this today, you know, and I'm sure there's some women out there today thinking, well, I would love to have those problems because I'm, I'm wanting to be a mom. I'm not, I've been trying to get pregnant and it hasn't happened yet. And I just feel like giving up hope. I'm so frustrated. I don't even want to go on social media today because it just bugs me, you know. And so what, what advice would you give to the moms who are trying to get pregnant? It's not happening yet. And how to get through that season, and, and what maybe something you went through that, maybe something you gone through that. That's a really hard, um, hard thing. We were told we would not have children. Um, that well, that it was highly unlikely. Is what we were told. It was highly unlikely that Tom and I would have children. And uh, God has such a sense of humor. I have four <laughs> children and two grandbabies. So, um, but it's hard. It's hard. Mother's Day, it stinks. It it was horrible. Um, I had people that spoke into my life, godly people that would, that said, we see you with kids, and then another year would go by, and I still didn't have my baby. Um, it was hard. And then at one point, I can just remember thinking, you know what, I'm done. I'm just going to give up. I'm just done. I'm tired of thinking about it. I'm tired of thinking it may, may not happen. I thought, you know what, Tom had to work evenings then, and so I was home in the evening alone a lot by myself, which is not a good uh, circumstance either. Um, but I'd be like, forget it. You know, we won't be those people that had kids were going to be the cool, you know, aunt and uncle, um, you know, that can do fun things with them. And I thought, I'll just, you know, I'm just going to go shopping and forget about it. And then you go into the mall and you see baby stroller and you see pregnant woman and you see, and then you go into Walmart and it's baby days. And you're like, you've got to be kidding me. And then, you know, you hear on the news, abandoned baby left at the fire department or whatever. And you're like, come on, God, I want one, you know, I, and it's hard. That's a hard thing to give to God and say, you know what, really, whatever, Whatever you have for us is going to be, but that's hard. It's a roller coaster ride, um, and it was for us for over three years. 
Us too. Like Debbie said, the Lord has a sense of humor. And um, he supply, always supplies the need just in time. Um, we had two miscarriages before we ever had Preston. And um, I thought my world was coming to an end. Every time I would get pregnant and lose a baby, I felt like my world was coming to an end. And I'm kind of like, Debbie, okay, I'm going to be the crier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll cry. Okay. I did it last time. Okay. Um, I, would, I would see people at the mall or in the grocery store, and they'd be pregnant, and, or they'd have uh, some, some mothers would have their babies and wasn't paying attention to them, and it would break my heart. And I'd say, God, why? Why can't I just have a baby? And... Um, Again, my husband was a prayer warrior, and um, he would pray over me and my mind because the enemy would just torment me, and I would have so much fear of, I'm never going to have a baby. And um, so finally, we got Preston, and I thought, oh, that is the most beautiful baby. How could another baby be so much prettier than Preston, you know? And... um, (laughs) And he, he probably is doting over that because he, he, he would be all about that. But um, I was so blessed to have him. And then uh, 12 weeks later, my brother and sister-in-law were killed. And I got Melissa. And she brought so much joy into our home. And then God blessed us again with Landon. And like Debbie said, he has a great sense of humor. <laughs> now five. <laughs> And some of them were at age that they probably need to move out. <laughs> They're old enough. Just pause right there. Receive that word from the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. But I wouldn't trade the world for for any of my kids. Um, so if you're struggling with that and you're wanting a baby, God's timing is perfect. And I don't know that you'll ever have your own baby, but God may bless you with a spiritual child. Or, a, or adopt a baby, or something. God will give you, His Word tells you, He will give you your desire. I've seen this so much that people pray and pray and pray. I've seen some people who prayed and prayed, and it just wasn't God's will for their life. And they went on to adopt, or they went on to be foster parents, or some of them didn't do that. And I've seen other people who tried, 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 and they finally gave it up to the Lord. They said, God, just accept whatever your will is. We're just going to accept that. And when they quit trying and worrying about it, it's when it came at the least point they expected it. And so, you know, you're not alone today. You're not alone today if you're trying. And we want you to know we serve a big God no matter what doctors say. And we believe in that today. And don't don't lose hope today. I know this is hitting home for many of you. You've had a lot of miscarriages. You've been trying to get pregnant. Don't lose hope. There's There's a table full of uh, babies represented around this table who doctors said it wasn't going to happen. But let me close with uh, two more questions, and then we're going to close. Uh, what advice would you give to uh, all the single ladies in the house? All the, all the single ladies, you guys are singing it right now. Come on. Uh, all the single ladies that are here thinking, when's my, when's, when am I going to get a man? When am I going to get my, when am I going to get married? When's the right person going to come in my life? You know, where I'm not ready for that, but I'm still thinking about it long term, you know. What's the one piece of advice you could give, or maybe even to someone who's been married, has been divorced for a long time, and you're thinking, you know, when's my next turn, and when is it going to happen? What's that one piece of advice you could give to them during this time of waiting? I think that follows suit with um, 
you know, where you're getting your advice, where are you buying your groceries, girls? You know, I mean, I mean, really, if you if, if you're looking for a godly man to be in your life, um, where are you looking for that at? Are you going to the bars and hanging out in the gutters, kind of, so to speak? Or are you, um, you know, where, where are you shopping for that? Or, or if you would like for friends to introduce you um, to what you would think would be the man of your dreams, are these friends in concordance with what God's word says? Or are these friends that's hanging out doing things they shouldn't be doing? Um, you know, the same thing, you know, where you buy your groceries is what you get. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think if the ultimate goal, you're thinking, well, I want to get married because I want to be a mom. And like, I was that way. I, I knew like I always wanted to be a mom. Um, but I knew I, you know, wanted to find what well, I had to, you can't just do it on your own, but, um, anyhow, <laughs> so I, you know, in thinking about that, I had to really think if I want to be a mom, if the goal is being a mom, and uh, then I need to find somebody who can raise a son to be like him. Um, and so I think if you're searching for somebody um, to, so you can have a family with them someday, you really need to find a spouse um, who can raise um, a son that you would want to have. And so your son is going to be like your spouse. So when looking um, for somebody, I think you look specifically with that in mind, with your future children in mind, that um, you need to choose really wisely and in the same way be as much as possible continually strive towards being the kind of daughter you would want to have as well because that's that is the kind of woman that would then in turn attract that same kind of man that you're looking for and I realize that that can be really difficult it's constantly a hard pursuit towards holiness and to be like Christ um, but I think that you just try, you try to be what you would want your children to see and to model after, and you look for that as well in a spouse. I would, I would even go to say um, being prayerful about what you want in a mate, but ladies, we don't go looking for our mates. A man findeth a good thing, mm-hmm. so you don't go looking. Mm-hmm. Girl, there you go. So, you, <laughs> so which, hang on, let me identify. This is so important. This is, we're going to skip the last question. This is the last question. So <laughs> as, you, as you're doing this last question, you know, so I think that you – uh, are you going to look for a man to come and make you be what you think you want to be, or do you become the person who would attract that man? Right. You know, if you if you want a king, then you be, you walk like a queen. Right. You act like a queen, so you attract a king. Right. If you want to act like trash, then you'll attract trash. Mm-hmm. And ladies, let me give you some advice today. I mean, he ain't gonna buy the cow if he get the milk for free. Let me just tell you that right now, okay? Come on, turn your lips and say, "Amen." He's preaching this morning. All right. I didn't call you cow, Pastor Courtney. <laughs> metaphor. Steve told me to use that one. I don't know. I just blame it on him. No, today as this is coming, I appreciate you guys opening up. You guys appreciate their honesty today. Thank you guys very much. Let's just all stay on our feet. I want to invite all the women in the house, whether you're a mom or not a mom, young lady, teenager, grandmother, join us around the front today. We, we want to pray for you as we close out. We believe you're special. We want to just say a prayer over you today. So all the ladies, come on, guys, give these ladies a big hand as they come to the front. Press in to make room for those coming in behind you. That'd be great. Ladies, you're coming today. Let me just tell you, you're so special. You are handcrafted, hand-designed. Today you know that God values you. Some of you here today say, man, I, I need a man to bring value. I know you don't. You need to, first of all, you need to realize where your value comes from. 
Your value doesn't come from a man. It comes from a God who sent his son to die for you. And when you can first mature to that and say, God, I'm secure, I'm complete in you, and then he'll bring the right person along to complete you. But there's not going to be another person come along and complete you wholly until you allow the Lord to complete you in your life. And so today, can you scoot in a little bit more, guys? Spread out a little bit around the front. Maybe scoot to the left a little bit here. It's over here. If you guys can just scoot to the left, make room for those coming in behind. There you go. We're going to do our best just to, just to touch you and pray for you today as we close out this song. Let's make it our personal prayer. Let's pray to the Lord and thank the Lord for what God's doing in your life. He whispers in my ear, tells me that I'm fearless. He shares a melody and tells me to repeat it. And he makes me whole. He reminds my soul I am all. He says, I want you just to open up your hands to the Lord and receive everything he has for you today. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every beautiful lady I see up in front of me today. God, you have called them beautiful. God, you paid the highest price. You gave the life of your son to show the value that you see in every person up here. So right now, I reject every negative word that's attacked their mind. I reject that, rebuke that in Jesus' name. And I pray right now, like a warm blanket over their mind, over their heart today. God, you're releasing beautiful spirits to come out of them. You're releasing, God, a beautiful heart to be renewed out of them, Father, in Jesus' name. Every negative word, every abusive thing, those things are falling off in the name of Jesus. And God, today, I pray that, Father, they are seeing themselves as women of God, women of destiny, that, God, you are calling out of them calling out of them the woman that you've always been for them to be. And God, you see that. You value them. You love them. And God, today I pray to Father, they begin to find their hope in you. They begin to find their security in you. They begin to find their inner peace in you today. Their strength is renewed today. Moms are doing so much, and some of them are doing it by themselves. And I pray for that mom who's a single mom raising her children by herself. Today, Father, I pray you give her supernatural strength. God, you are giving her supernatural wisdom, God. Right now, Father, to, to the person who was crying and, and in your heart, we were speaking right to you. Say, I've had guilt because I was suffering postpartum and I didn't feel like I was attaching to my baby the way I need to. Right now, you receive, right now, the love of the Father. 
Right now, Father, I speak, Lord, depression begin to leave in Jesus' name. Depression leave in Jesus' name. To the person who's struggling with getting pregnant right now and has given up hope. Father, right now, we just give it to you. And Father, right now, I pray this day. On the inside, God, you are doing something. I pray for supernatural healing in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that reproductive organs would line back up, begin to function the way they should. And Father, despite what doctors have said, I declare healing in Jesus' name. I call out life in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, healing. Father, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. To the teenager today who's being bullied at school and feel like people are picking on you and your your self-image is so torn. Today, I speak life over you. I pray a hedge of protection over you right now that you would see yourself as a princess, a daughter of the Most High God right now. And today, all evil things, all negative words spoken against you, those things are no longer going to be hold in your mind. They're not taking a hold in your mind, but I speak freedom from that in Jesus' name. Let's thank the Lord. Father, I thank you right now. God, we thank you for all these beautiful moms and grandmothers, God. We thank you for all these beautiful aunts, Lord, friends who are here ministering to so many. And God, we thank you for the gift they are. Father, we speak over them. Blessing, blessing, and life. In Jesus' name we say together, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand. What, what awesome. Yeah. I know we, we kept you a, a few minutes longer today on Mother's Day, but... I really felt the Holy Spirit was doing something right there, and we wanted to make sure he had a chance to touch your life. We pray today that you enjoy the rest of your day. Go home and call your mom if she's still alive. If not, call your aunt or call somebody who, who fills that role. Say, thank you. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Let's speak positive words. Enjoy your time today, guys. Thank you very much. God bless you.